Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. discussion about foundations with actually a piece of a foundation that our schools began to do a few decades ago. But some of us, whenever I, tell, whenever I, I name this, you're going to just shudder. Because some of us loved this and some of us hated this in school. Every school now, still today, tries to to build a foundation of working as a team. And the way that our schools do this is by telling a bunch of students to say, this is a group project. And all of us are like, group projects. (laughs) Depending on where you are in, in academia and things like that, you either loved group projects or you hated group projects. I'll be fully honest, I didn't like group projects because I'm within myself an individual achiever and I do not want my grade (laughs) affected by, (laughs) Lily's like, yes, I do not want my grade to be affected by somebody else, right? Because a group project means that everybody has to pull their weight to do either a presentation or an essay or whatever it might be and you are graded as a group. Now, there are some that just undeniably didn't have that as a priority, didn't have necessarily grades as a priority, or maybe it was just a struggle because sometimes the format of learning is not always accommodating to everybody. That happens, right? But your grade would be completely determined on whether or not everybody bought into it right? To make the choice to at least buy in and do something. Now, here's the problem. It's that choice. (laughs) Everything, let's really be honest, every problem that we have with each other comes back to the choices that we have in front of us. The free will of whether we're going to give it our all and participate in a great way or not do as much, right? And each of our individual free wills contribute to whether it be an actual group project or a church, uh, a, a company. And yes, the group project known as the world. <laughs> How many of you feel like our group project known as the world is going really well right now? Anybody? (laughs) Without even talking about religion or God or faith or anything like that, it feels like our group project as a society or as a culture or however you want to call about is failing. And, And some of us, some of us, as we get older, we sometimes think it's the worst it has ever 
bet. Any of you ever feel that way? Yeah? But the reason why the group project is or is not going well is, quite frankly, all of us have the choice, the free will, to participate in a good, constructive way or not so. But there's something that you should know. The Judeo-Christian perspective of human history would tell you that the group project has never gone well. <laughs> we sometimes think, oh my goodness, we are at the worst point of worst points of all points of all points. No, just, just relax. Just go back even just 100 years and you'll find very similar patterns in human history. History, I don't know who said it, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does seem to have a pattern. It seems like humans, from the very get-go, quite frankly, have just been failing at this group project known as life for a long time. And if you were to read Genesis 1 through 3, you would receive that perspective. Let me just sum it up really fast, okay? God creates. That was hard. Created from nothing. Basically, this world was this void, chaotic thing. And God created the entire universe. And in different ways, in different stages, all these different kinds of things. And after every part of creation. You know what God called his creation? Good. Pretty good. I don't know if he's like complimenting himself or literally it's good. The very essence of creation is good. And then he gets to humanity on the sixth day and you know what he calls us? He doesn't call us bad. He doesn't call us failures. He doesn't call us anything. You know what he calls us? Very good. Ooh, very good. Now we're feeling better about ourselves, right? Mmm, yeah. But God creates humanity with that pesky thing that we call free will. And even though God creates humanity to be very good, and he creates humanity to have a very special role, has a very important role, he also says, you don't have to live into it. That's what makes God so good. You like to be forced to do things? No, you don't. God gives us a choice to take on the identity, to take on the role, to take on the responsibility that he gives and we didn't. And that is the fall of humanity in Genesis chapter 3. God basically said, hey, please don't eat of this, but it's delicious. <laughs> That's like when my wife says when I'm dieting, please do not eat a dessert, but it's delicious. Stop buying desserts, but it's delicious, dear. And the moment that humans went beyond the limits that God gave, 
everything was thrown off. Everything. The Judeo-Christian perspective is, is that the reason why we see chaos, the we, reason we see evil, the reason why we see death in the world is because humanity didn't, didn't take up the role that God wanted them to take. God doesn't send natural disasters. If you ever hear a pastor say that, no, we created a world that has spun into these different patterns, atmospheric, seismic, relational patterns that are wrong. It's us. He's like, so how do I fix it? Well, here's the deal. That's what we're, that's what we're going to start on. It starts actually not by what we fix. It actually starts with God. Because God is the good. And he is the one who defines what good is and what you and I can receive from him. So the solution comes from God. And there's this really wonderful psalm that I believe sort of encompasses the beginning foundation of how the world can be made right again. We're going to be in Psalm 8 today, if you have your Bibles. Uh, psalm 8 is actually the very first song, like psalms are songs. I know they, they sound similar. Yeah, that's intentional. Uh, it's a songbook. It's the first song of praise, believe it or not. Psalm 1 doesn't start off with like, God, you're so good, all these things. Actually, the first few psalms are very much sort of, well, they're sort of down and out and grief-filled and talks about suffering. And, and then finally you get to Psalm 8 and you're like, oh, finally, I feel a little bit better. Psalm 8 is written by David. And what I want you to see here is that David really has this beautiful uh, structure of understanding who God is and who we are. It's one of these songs that you say, oh, I get this now. I get the perspective. There's tension that's being held in all of this as being human. But there is a solution, and it's found with God. We read together, Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. You made your glory higher than heaven, and from the mouths of nursing babies, you have laid a strong foundation because of your foes in order to stop vengeful enemies. When I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moon and stars that you set firmly in place, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur, and you've let them rule over your handiwork, putting everything under their feet. All sheep and all cattle, the wild animals too, the birds in the sky, the fish of the ocean, everything that travels the pathways of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. What does this start and what does this end with? 
Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. These words, these are words that you would ascribe to a king, a lord, somebody who is sovereign, the head honcho. <laughs> the one that has that, that places the standard of what is good into the world. It starts and it ends with that same sentence. But as David continues, he begins to recognize, well, I am just a single human being on this earth. And there's a lot of things bigger than me. You ever watch the meteor shower? Ooh, ah. But you feel small, don't you? You feel small. Or if you've ever actually seen pictures of some of the galaxies out and about, which, by the way, David didn't have. David didn't have the nice, fancy telescopes we got. He didn't have theories of relativities to understand how weird our universe gets. Because our universe does get weird. He understood that when he walked out at night, I am just small and insignificant. And that God who I worship is Lord over that too. If you even stay on planet, how many of you have ever been to Niagara Falls? How many of you have been to Lake Erie? Lake Erie, for goodness sakes, that's a lake? That's a fresh water, that's a fresh Water body? What? Oceans are only supposed to look like that, not lakes. You feel small, don't you? If a lake can be that big, how big is the Pacific Ocean? You don't want to know. It's big. God is sovereign over all of that, too. What David does so beautifully is he encapsulates how small we really are. Because I think it's important to realize that. You are one of seven billion people. That's not... That's nine zeros. Yeah? Math whiz? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, okay. God is sovereign, friends over the largest things of our universe that make us feel small and insignificant. He is the one who created it, not us. The center of the universe is not us, even though we often think we are. <laughs> it is God. But then David is reminded of the creation story. He is reminded that out of all of creation, God said about humans, they're very good. They have a place in my creation to do something very specific. And it is to be my image bearers. They are to be like me. They bear resemblance of me who is God. And it's not just like, oh, so, so, so we look like God? Are you saying that uh, I have a body like a god? Yes, I do. 
Uh, no, it's not just about looks. It is about relationship. God creates us to be in the same kind of relationship God is to us. And so what we do affects everything else. Seattle, who is a Native American, it's not just a city, the city was named after this man, Seattle, says this, humankind did not weave the web of life. We are but one strand within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. How insightful and wise is that? And so, we come to the realization that God made us very good to partner with him in caring and stewarding this world, this universe, even though it's bigger than you and me. God created us to be good. And the only way, friends, that you and I can bring about good in the world is to recognize who is the best. And it's him. It's God. We do not have the final say in how this world is going to be. Though we do contribute to it. J. Clinton McCann says this, God and humans are partners in the care of creation because God has made the risky choice to share God's power. Risky. Remember that thing called free will? And that's really the issue. The way the world is, is because it reflects upon how much we as a creation turn to God for the good, for the ways, for the role, for the responsibility, for a proper posture of how we are to live. We are the ones who brought the chaos back into the universe. We are the ones that introduced violence and exploitation into creation. You ever watch a nature show? My, I'm going to tell you something about Brooke. Brooke despises when a predator hunts a prey on the nature show. She's like, yeah. It's just so mean and violent. And I'm like, it is. We taught him how to do it. That is the perspective of how God, or of, of, of our faith. Because we were the ones who exceeded our limits first. And everybody else said, oh yeah, we can do it. Have you ever heard of the term escalation before? You ever been in a fight with somebody? You said the mean thing first, and guess what? That mean thing comes right back at you. Zing. It's escalation. Our problem is, is that we humans, as we are called to dominion, instead read it as domination. We are called to dominion, not domination. We are called to treat creation as God has treated us with love and goodness and peace and care. 
McCann also says this, God's name or reputation is bound up with the human performance of dominion. And human dominion is the responsibility that is to be bounded by God's ultimate sovereignty. So what's the solution? Don't hear the words of, well, you were made slightly less than divine. We are awesome. If anything, it should humble us to say, we are creations of God, and he is sovereign. He is king. He is Lord. His ways are the only ways that this world gets out of the nonsense that it's in. It's God. And this is why David, after reminding us humans of saying, man, I feel so insignificant, but God made us a certain kind of thing. And your head starts to get bigger and bigger. And then he goes at the very last verse, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, yeah. This isn't about me. This isn't about us being the center of the universe. This is about God who created the universe and is the center of good the center of how he made this created order is the center of everything, and he has to be king in our lives, king of our world. And that's how it starts. It starts with you and I saying, God, you are God, and I am not. Now, here's the deal. If you're feeling, if you're sitting here with like, man, I have been a part of a problem, and you're feeling guilt trickling or shame trickling, I want you to know something, okay? God loves you. God loves every single one of us. God doesn't stand there and say, look at the mess that you made, that we parents say way too often. <laughs> look at the mess that you've made. God doesn't say that to us. God says, come here. I love you. We're going to work through this together. And it's not just a, look at the mess you made, you clean it up by yourself. God takes the initiative and starts picking up the pieces and puts our lives individually together, but also begins to put our world together. So friends, if you are terrified by God because of how you have participated in the chaos of our world by hating your neighbor or hating somebody in the world or taking advantage or stealing or lying, if you have participated in these things that we call sin, I'm telling you, there is no better time than just to say, God, I messed up. I messed up. And God's going to say, I know. It's okay. I forgive you. But in order to start that, you have to say, you're God, and I'm not. I need each and every one of us to hear this. I have a slide for this one. God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up on us because of our disobedience. Nothing will keep him from loving us and offering restoration to us and this world. And that's the good news. The bad news is you can just reject it. And there are other people who can reject it. 
But the good news is that God stands in his love and his forgiveness for you and I and for this world. And he is not done because he's sovereign. He is Lord of lords. And his name is majestic throughout the earth. And yes, the crazy universe where gravity affects time. And this big, huge creation that he has. He hasn't given up on you. So come to him and declare him God and love him. You know, because we've been searching for a house, a lot of our conversations have been about um, structure. <laughs> is the structure of the house good? Is all these different kinds of things. Of course, the one piece that's very essential is not what you see, but what is underneath the ground, right? Foundation. When a contractor lays a foundation for a structure, how they do it, the order that they do it in, the quality of work that they do it in, determines whether or not that structure will be standing for a long time or will need some help along the way, or even worse, will need to be destroyed just after a few decades. Y'all, it's crazy. I can't tell you how many times I've seen houses with bad foundations in our country, and then I've been to Europe, and there have been buildings standing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It's just like, man, we must be doing things cheap over here. I don't know. Any case, that's, I digress. The reality of it is, friends, though, is that what our faith is founded on will determine how we move forward in life. And I'm telling you something right here. Too many times we have been told that our foundation is human, bad, God, good. I can never be good, so you need God. That's a bad foundation. Because you know what happens? You forget that God created you and me to be very good. You and I have immense potential for goodness, for holiness, for peacemaking, for love, for joy and hope. You can't do it by yourself. You have to allow God to bring it into your life, to bring it out of you. You have the potential for good. And I think that's the last piece I want you to hear. When you are in a relationship with somebody, a friendship or a marriage, you know why they hang around you? It's not because you crack your knuckles all the time and it drives them nuts. It's not all the bad things that you do. It's because they see the potential within you to love you all the way through life. And that's who God is. But even on a grander scale, God sees the potential in each and every one of us, individually and as a church. And we, if we are willing to accept his ways and name him God over our lives, to tell you the good that's going to happen. It's going to happen here. It's going to happen in this community. It's going to happen in this world. But it has to start with saying, God, you're it. You're the ultimate good. And you're the only one that I declare Lord. It, the universe revolves around you, not me. So today, as we close, what is the posture of your life? 
Do you still think of your life in terms of, it's my life, and I'm going to do what I want? Or are you daily being reminded that God is God over this entire universe, and yes, our each individual insignificant lives, and we have a part to play in this world. If you are feeling that, that urge to just give it to God, I encourage you to come forward, to kneel at this altar, and to proclaim him Lord over your life, because he is Lord over this universe. Well, let's have a time of prayer. Let us pray silently for those who want to come forward to this altar. And let us declare him Lord of Lords over everything. Let us pray. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.